Welcome everybody to the fourth episode of Game Talk. Today we're going to be talking about what we've played this year so far. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Game Talk Podcast and Twitter at Game Talk 19. You can also come check out our page at GameTalkPodcast.com. Please leave your feedback with us at GameTalkPodcast19 at gmail.com. We will be on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. All right, guys, let's do it. I'm Calvin. I'm Ed. And I'm Cody. And this is Game Talk. So today we're going to be talking about the games we have played so far this year that have come out this year. And so I'll start off. um, Game we've all played together, I know, is Anthem. Um, got released back in uh, February. Uh, I wasn't really tracking the development on it too much, and I kind of wish I had. Like, right. you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So right. I, I really do wish I had been more involved in the, uh, or like knew more about the development process, because that game was a mess. It Absolutely. is a mess. It, it, it is a hot, hot, hot mess. Uh, it, was, it was fun. You know, I'm not going to lie. I had fun leveling, you know, like 1 to 30. You know, I, I put the time in to do it and i played the uh, yeah and i played the open beta you know and I, and, and I did the vip weekend because i had the 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 origin access or whatever and it was fun you know i enjoyed it but you know once you hit level 30 you do like a couple of you know in game missions you know quote in game um that was really that was really it right you know and right. it wasn't that fun I, mean, I had that fun playing with you guys you know but that was that was I, it and i had a blast playing with you guys as well but uh honestly for me halfway through the the campaign at least um i really started getting bored with the game i just wasn't into mm-hmm. it anymore um what about you ed how, how did you like the campaign for me i i enjoyed it you know doing the campaign even though it was pretty um uh, uh, innovative you mm-hmm. knew where it was going you knew who the bad guy was and yeah. you knew you had to stop right. it right nothing new there but playing with you guys that's what made it fun right mm-hmm. um right but after waiting for, <laughs> yeah after waiting for cody to get load up and yeah <laughs> to oh yeah there was a lot of issues with this game uh the loading times were just horrendous, yeah. horrendous. Even, and even with people that had an ssd drive were taking what how long was it taking you ed and skip for me it was taking almost a minute uh i think i clocked it in at like about 45 seconds or so Yep, yeah, you and I yeah. were very consistent in the times. I was about 46 to 50 seconds because we timed mm-hmm. it, and Cody sometimes would take three minutes to load. And yeah. and by that point, you know, we'd already get, like, halfway done with the objective. You know, he'd, oh, like, yeah. you know, fly to catch up to us. And then if <laughs> then he gets slingshot to us, you know, and for another fucking loading Hit screen. Hit with another fucking loading yeah. screen. Yeah, Yay because there's so, many ga- there's so many loading screens in this game, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you and go into a cave, and it's a boom, loading screen. It's like, what the hell, man? Mm-hmm. It just and really like, takes the tempo away. Yeah, and like so, the story like you you would think for a game that had been out for that long, the story would be good, but the, there was like zero story. You know, I had zero connection to any of the characters it, it at all. Right, I, I, didn't, I, I I didn't care to like you know like to read any lore, you know, because it, it wasn't interesting. You know, honestly, it, it wasn't good. Right, honestly, what really irritated me the most about the game was. Uh, you know, I, I kind of give them a little bit of praise for what they tried to do with the whole loot system mm-hmm. and how you didn't know what loot you got 
in the field and you'd have to go back to Fort Tarsus. All right, well, that's mm-hmm. fine. But then it all comes back to the same problem that everybody had. Uh, some people were worse. Some people were was not as bad. But the loading time into Fort Tarsus. Just, yeah. just, yeah, just that alone to load into Fort Tarsus, to see what forge, you got. You know, yeah, yeah, and then load back into the forge, equip your new gear, and nine times out of ten, I mean, and especially when you got to like the end game, all that gear that you were getting was trash. It wasn't helping it you. Was. So you load into Fort Tarsus, then you load load into the forge, then you have to load out of the forge back into Fort Tarsus, and then load back into uh, the map, uh, the open world map. That's four loading screens right there, and that by itself probably ate up ten minutes of my time. Just the loading screens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Just look at one blue item that you know you didn't even fucking need. You know? I didn't right. even need the one that I had was better exactly. So that was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't have like that high hopes, you know. Like it was like because like I said, like I wasn't like tracking the progress of the game for like you know the, the fucking six years or whatever it was in development. You know, it was just like I. Fe- like, I, I knew it was being made, you know, and I was like, oh, shit, I'll, I'll go ahead and get it. Like, so I, I got that EA Origin Access or whatever, that Premier shit or whatever, uh, about a month before that, so I can play all the shit they had in there. I, I, I played through all of Dragon Age series, uh, all the Mass Effect stuff, and all, like, a bunch of indie-type games they had in there. Like, I had more right. fun doing that than playing fucking Anthem. You know, well, so I only and- paid, like, actually total 30 bucks for the game, because I only paid for two months worth of... Uh, for the EA Origin Access. Right, and I kind of so. wish I would have done that as well. Both Ed and I got really screwed with it. We yeah, pre-ordered. Paid, we pre-ordered yeah. it, and we bought yeah. uh, $80 or $70. Yeah, the, the uh, Deluxe Dawn Edition or something like that. So we paid the $80 <laughs> yeah. or $70 for that, plus we paid another $15 on top of it so we can play early with you guys. Oh, we can play early, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, it was... So we got fucked by nah. EA. Yeah. You fucked it up. Learn your lesson. Don't pre-order games, man. Well, Do not pre-order. I mean, I, I agree with that statement to a point. If you're going to pre-order a game, make sure that you have, you know, all your intel or, you know, all your knowledge about what's going on with the game, who's working on it, and mm. even the slightest changes such as, like, the main director or the lead design or, you know, even yeah, the, the lead s- writer. The sound. <laughs> yeah, the, re- the lead uh, writer. Even mm. sound people. You know, if, you, if you're starting to notice people are getting taken off of that project and placed onto a new project... Uh, start getting a little concerned, because I mean it's it's yeah. been the same same song and dance ever since uh, what 2011 with Destiny Destiny One, mm-hmm. isn't that when when did D One come out Ed? Was it 2012 11? Uh, I thought it was 13, uh, 2014 honestly. for D One. Oh, oh wow, dude, I'm way off. Yeah, you're way off, dude. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that just yeah. uh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but I mean <laughs> Destiny is a prime example, man. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. go too far into it, but uh, I, I yeah. remember the hype. Hype for D1 was so real. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Borderlands fan. I was a huge Halo fan. And I was like, if Halo and Borderlands had a baby, boom, Destiny. And I mean, I'm not saying D1 was trash, but a lot of people quit and a lot of people got fired and a lot of people were taken off of that uh, that game, and it shows. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so just pre-ordering games, man. I don't do it for, as, as like a principle. Like I, I've only pre-ordered two games ever, and that was a uh, GTA Five on PC back in 2014. Uh, or 15. I can't remember. I think I think it was 14. Um, uh, which uh, one for like the PC version? Yeah, the PC version. Yeah. Yeah, 14 because it and, came out a year after. 
Yeah, um, and I felt like I got lucky because that was a very well put together game. Like that was a good port to PC. Like you can tell that the uh, Rockstar put a lot of time and effort into making that thing work for PC. Right. Yeah, that was a very smooth game. And uh, other one was uh, Elder Scrolls Online, which eh, it was fun. Like I, I got, I got, you know, got some hours in on that. Right. But uh, yeah. So Cody, what have you played? Um. So I've been playing uh, Sukuro Shadows mm-hmm. Die twice. Um, that's a really good game. It is. It is a fantastic game. Uh, meh. For <laughs> meh. Yeah. Skim- Skimpy here doesn't like Souls. Doesn't like doesn't the Souls like franchise. Soul games. That's a I shame. I don't at all. <laughs> I'm shame. That. I'm shame. That, but yeah, I do not like Dark Souls games. Well, that's fine, man. I mean, it's honestly, it's not for everyone. Um, but here, mm-hmm. here's the thing with Sekiro. Uh, I think it has a very well-driven story. Uh, yes. Uh, compared to its predecessor or the previous games that have, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, predecessor, uh, pre- yeah. predecessor. Yeah, I just can't speak today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like Bloodborne had a really rich story. Dark Souls one, two, and three had a really rich story. But the thing that you know you have to know the story with those games is by le- uh, reading the the lore tabs on weapons and armor and mm-hmm. uh, certain items that will give you background to the story on why you're picking up this item or why this sword is uh, like magic or, you know, whatever. Sukuro does the voice acting, um, which is, a, which is new to the, to the souls game, uh, this uh, mm-hmm. blood, bloodborne and souls, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, yep. I really connected a lot more with my character and I connected mm-hmm. a lot more, with uh with the kid which his name is space in me ed uh i think it's low kuro kuro yep kuro um even uh even the guy that's in the the temple that upgrades your prosthetics and the girl the old guy yeah yeah, um so skimpy i know you haven't played it um Mm. so i i'll kind of just dive into a little bit on how it's played and uh, what the story the mechanics is. of the game <laughs> right um and it's and it's been a minute since i played so eddie if i get something wrong please feel free to correct me here sure will <laughs> but you start off as your character and you you're a servant of a kid um and not like a servant in a bad way your life goal well is to you you actually start as a kid yourself and uh, in a war and the father uh, he's not your biological biological father, but your father kind of t- takes you and under his wing, basically. Right, I remember mm-hmm. that now. Yeah, that's a, that's in a cutscene. Yeah, um, which is the first cutscene that you get, so it's not even a spoiler. Right. So and his name is Wolf. Um, yeah. Right. The father. Yes. Yes. His uh, okay adopted father. Yeah. Okay. So you watch that cutscene, kind of gives you an idea. You're like, okay, that's cool. What's going on here? Um, it spawns you into the map. You find your your master or, or the lord that you're supposed to basically give your life for and make sure you know he doesn't die mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and this is where it kind of gets a little gray and fuzzy for me here. So from what I understand, because I haven't finished the game yet, um, the kid wants to become uh, more like mortal in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so he's immortal. I don't think a blade can hurt him. He can't bleed. So if someone yeah. stabs him or, or cuts him or whatnot, he won't bleed. So the whole objective of the game is two paths. Uh, path one 
you you basically go out and you find a bunch of stuff uh, to to begin this ritual in order to allow the kid to die basically and then the other path is the opposite where you basically defy your master uh, or your lord and you don't do as what he says and you save him um well not necessarily save him but don't kill uh, him. yeah you don't kill him you don't kill um, him yeah but in that essence you kind of defy your vows and yep. that's the iron more code to, like, or something like that mm. so yeah. here's the thing is if you go with the good ending and you allow the kid to uh carry through or finish what he wants to do which is to die one day you have to fight your uh your stepdad um really and he oh yeah yes. he there, there's a few fights in there that really pissed me off, and that was one of them. But yeah. if you don't uh, defy your master, or, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry. If you do defy your master and you don't do what he wants you to do, then that gives you a different ending, which I haven't gotten there yet. Um, right. So I have, I have gotten one ending, and I'm working on the second one. But basically, if you defy him and... The, there's a, the best ending, the middle ending, and the worst ending. So if you basically defy your Lord Kuro and you go with Wolf, right, your, your mm. adopted father, basically you get to fight Emma. And oh, this, okay. uh, we'll put a spoiler into this a little bit. Uh, and then, so you might, you might not want to listen to this, guys, if you haven't finished the game. So you fight Emma, and then you fight, um, I forgot the other character's name, but you spoke with him. Um, he's uh, the older guy who went to to. Uh, he asked you to find rats and everything. So you fight those. Oh, two in characters. the very beginning. Yep. Yeah, the okay. very beginning. So and then for the middle ending, you help Lokuro and then um, you basically fight your father, your, your adopted father, mm-hmm. Wolf. But if you do the best ending, you uh, not only get to fight your um, your adopted father. Uh, on the original fight, where you defied him the first time, but you also get to fight him again, and that fight is a completely different fight than the first fight, and it's freaking hard. Oh, yeah. right. One of the toughest bosses. And I don't know about you, Cody, but I enjoy the mechanics of this game a lot more than Dark Souls because you can choose to block, but you can also use choose to parry. And right. parrying enemies is just so satisfying. I mean, just so satisfying. Would you get that parry timed? Right. Oh, man. It, it is very satisfying. Well, um, can't you parry in Dark Souls? You, you yes. can parry in Dark Souls, but it's, it's a different parry in a way. Um, so let's say if I time like a perfect parry in Dark Souls, uh, I'm just going to like use my shield and I'm going to block and just completely negate all of his damage he's going to do to me, which is going to stagger him. And then open him up for, you know, a few attacks, just swinging my sword randomly at him. Circuro, mm-hmm. when you pull off a perfect parry, um, a red orb will appear in front of that, that enemy. And if you hit the attack button again, you'll do a crazy execution. You, you can, uh, you know, cut his yeah. throat. Okay. Uh, you know, you can make, a... basically just parry and the small adds, uh, you can kill him with that one parry. And then the boss... When you break their stamina stance and you parry them, right? Mm-hmm. You pretty much kill them. And they could have like kill. half health. You know, you don't have to yep. take their health all the way down. In Dark Souls, you do get parries, but like like Cody said, they're not 
they're that that satisfying. Secure, they're not as satisfying. I mean, not some bosses can't be parried in uh, Dark Souls, and even if you parry the boss, it won't leave him to like a very wide open attack. You can probably get mm. a, a hit maybe or two, but it's not. It's the, in Dark Souls, it's more like blocking hits. Uh, than blocking now, when you PvP in Dark Souls, you do want to go for that parry. And it's very similar to Sicaro in the sense that it leaves them wide open. You can pretty much one hit them if they mm. if if they're not at full health or if you or if you're more powerful than they are. Okay, right. And you can also go through like your skill trees, and if you pull off a successful parry and kill an ad. Oh, excuse me. Uh, you you can kill an ad and like a bunch of blood will like spray out or whatnot, and it will that blood will like conceal you. Um, nice. Or you can turn that enemy to your side and he can fight for you. There there was this uh this NPC that I was fighting right before Wolf Ed, and uh, oh man, I was I was getting angry. Um, there's <laughs> there's what Let's two see. two dudes in there. Um, two dudes, yeah. <laughs> Two, two dudes, dudes in there. And, and, oh man, it was. Oh, I geez. know what you mean. That was brutal. It, it was so. It was so tough because this guy, he's very agile. You're fighting him in a really small boxed off room, and he would he would poison you, and poison is just it's just hard. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, you can you can turn you know the ads uh, to your favor uh, at the cost of spirit emblems, and they'll they'll fight for you, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty okay. neat concept because in, I don't I think in Dark Souls three you can do that if you have a particular spell, um, but yeah. in here you get it, uh, kind of mid game. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one thing I I can say that I despise of the game and is really my only biggest issue is for people who play Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Um, you're used to killing an ad and getting souls or. Uh, uh, blood echoes um mm-hmm. and that's how you level up this this that's not the case anymore i mean you get xp now yeah um but you don't you, you can only level up off of that xp so i mean you can farm an area that's fine but, but killing if you an die, enemy you lose yeah. half of it regardless e- yeah every time so you could have let's say like 100 xp you die you're down to 50 you die again Jeez. you're down to 25 you yeah, know, yeah and it just keeps so going and going the more you die the more difficult um, it is in in a way because also people get sick and the more you yeah, die the, the sicker root. they get <laughs> yeah the dragon raw and if they get so sick you won't be able to use that vendor mm-hmm. so it screws you <laughs> as well it's like right. you better not die a whole lot <laughs> you know? well and the game just trolls you the whole time um i have to say that the one boss fight uh, that I absolutely despised was that big gigantic ape. Oh, oh I watched man. you guys fight that one. That was insane. Yeah. yeah. That was so, insane fight. and I, I remember telling you about this Calvin too. So I finally beat him. And then, you know, I, I'm going through the world and Eddie tells me to go to his place, uh, basically back to the same spot. Um, and I do. And he's there again after I mm. killed him. Um, yeah, that shit was oh man, like like watching that like centipede thing crawl out of his body. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is like the right. longest boss battle ever. God. Right. Oh, and it, it pissed me off, man. Like I was I was yelling. <laughs> I was yeah, yelling. That, I, th- I think I heard you too because because I was watching your Twitch stream. I was like, man, like this is intense because <laughs> you're like you're like just like focusing on it, you know, and you cut his right. head off or whatever. Then he picks it up and just starts running around with it. Like, what the fuck is this? Right. What is right. Doing? Yeah, it's uh. 
Ugh. But uh, what about you, Ed? What, what, what have you been playing? So, back in February, before Anthem, I played a little game called Metro Exodus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, unfortunately, I did not get it when it was on Steam, so I had to play I had to play it on the Epic Store. <laughs> Shame. So, yep. But I enjoyed I have not played the previous Metro Exodus. Well, let me rephrase that. I did play the first one for like three to four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into this particular game knowing a little bit about it. So you follow the um, your main character. The uh, I forgot his name. Do you remember his name, Kelvin? From uh, oh, dude, I haven't played Metro uh, in a long time. Oh well, you follow him, and they're underground because they're living under the Russian metro, basically, mm-hmm. right? And you have a wife. And you're basically been sneaking out, right, of the metro and out into the open world. Okay. And um, your wife actually goes with you several occasions. And they're incommunicado, basically, with the uh, Arteon. You play as Arteon. Now I remember. So oh, okay. you're incommunicado with the rest of the world, right? And you uh, eventually your father-in-law finds out and your father-in-law is like the general of there he's basically one of the main people in here that is controlling everything and you know he finds out and he's like well if you go that's fine but let me just tell you you go out there with the radiation you're gonna die and you're gonna leave your wife here and she loves you well he still defies it and still hates out and they find a a uh, like a radio com, right? Mm-hmm. Where they are other people, and they are basically they basically found out that they uh, were at war, right? Because that's how the nuclear attacks uh, happened. But they break this like machine, this computer that allows the signal to us to be broadcast to everybody in the world, so everybody okay. now knows where they are. Because they assumed that they were wiped wiped out, so they try to escape and they get on a train, and they go from place to place. You go to like a, you start in a in a snowy field of Russia, right? Uh, in a uh-huh. snowy city actually, of Russia, and then you go into a wasteland, and then the third location you go to like an abandoned town, but it's like, uh, but um, it's uh, it's in the fall, so you also go through season as you move through areas right so it's pretty neat um the gunplay is pretty pretty good uh the you know the guns are um are basically i don't know if you guys ever played home from the revolution but they're kind of like put together you know they 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 look uh out of haphazard yeah like like rifles and shit like that so yeah so they're not like your typical modern guns or anything like that um and it, it's a survival mm-hmm. game in a sense because you do run out of supplies, but it's not like the first game where I felt that I was constantly out of supplies, right? In here, you do find them if you explore, so that's the beauty of the game that I really enjoyed. Right. And the enemies look freaking good, and I played this on the PC, okay? Mm. And oh my goodness, wow, it looked gorgeous i mean unbelievable <laughs> um they uh so you fight like these mutants 
and right. you also fight humans. Uh, they're not, you know, the, the humans are just your typical humans that you'll face in a video game. Nothing special with them. But some of them are kind of like transformed because of the radiation. So some of them kind of look gross at times. We, right. It can scare you because you're in like in a dark environment and they'll just come out of nowhere. So I thought that was pretty cool because he has that frightening feel that you get from like a movie or something like that. Yeah. I really right. enjoy that. Um, there are uh, dialogue choices, but okay. the, it does affect the ending it, a, li- a, a little bit, maybe. But hmm. I got the bad ending because there's two endings. You get the, the, the best ending that you can get and then the bad ending. So if you don't do like the side missions, which are about three or four side missions, I think. And if you uh, basically uh, choose your decisions that are not the best, you get the worst ending, which I did. I'm not going to spoil that ending, but it still felt satisfying. The The good ending was a little bit better, right? But right. you could still say, oh, I'm happy with the bad ending because you you understand that it doesn't leave you like some bad endings in games where it's just so bad that you're like, man, I'm disappointed, right? This bad ending still leaves you like, okay, I understand why I got this ending, you know? Mm. Um, uh, it took me about f- anywhere from 13 to 15 hours to beat. I did not do all the side missions. I only did a couple. Um, okay. I did explore the world a little bit. Uh, it's not open world, though you get into a map right so when you go from location to location you get dropping that map and you get to explore that map but mm. that's it you know um so kind of like so it's kinda, i was just gonna say that calvin it's kind of like dsx uh where you go into this map and you that's all you get to explore you know until you progress to the campaign and then you move to somewhere else and you get okay. to explore that uh, i, I recommend again Okay, sweet. Um, I remember last year uh, when I was working in the oil field that I I saw that trailer for Exodus. Yeah. And it got me pretty hyped. I've never played any of the Metros before. I ended up buying uh, the first two games and playing playing a little bit of both, but I definitely want to pick up Exodus. Okay. Yeah, I will pick it up uh, definitely when it goes out and when it goes to Steam, right? And it is, it is worth the $60 because it is... It is a, he has a good story, replayable, and um, the gunplay is awesome. Uh, the characters are real. Some of them are funny, um, but some of them also make you feel like like you care about this character, especially with your wife. You know, you go close, you grow very close to your wife um, because you can interact with with her on uh, different occasions while on the train. Mm-hmm. So it's really really neat. One of my favorite moments of the game happen kind of early where you go into this uh, cult and you get you go into their location and it just looks so sick i mean it's just so sick um and i think like electricity is bad and shit like that <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. kind of like back crazy um mm-hmm. and i really enjoy that mission you get to rescue a family a mother and a daughter uh and it, it's a really neat uh mission that you get to do uh, very early on in the game, and and that's when I knew I'm like I'm gonna like this game a lot because I I I grew so close to to those characters, my wife, her her father, the mother and child, and also the supportive characters are 
were also uh, made it feel like a lived-in world, like I was part of them, and Mm -hmm. and it's kind of neat when you get to experience that in, in in a video game. See, I think it's uh, very important for games to establish that type of relationship early on. I mean, God of War, prime yeah. example, mm-hmm. right there. And even uh, Horizon, when you first start, yeah. you feel like you're part of that world. Horizon, The Last of Us, Uncharted series. Um, yeah. it's all very, PlayStation very, exclusives. <laughs> all, yeah, that's right, all PS4 all exclusives. All PS4 exclusive. Now, I mean, the PlayStation exclusive do focus a lot on the story, so that... so. Cody, I, I, I agree with you. It, it has that feel like a PlayStation story where you grow, grow close to the, char- to the character that you're playing and also the characters in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, I'll tell you guys right now, there's nothing more I hate in the world than having a companion or someone that follows you around in the world that you absolutely despise. You hate the oh, sound yeah. of them. You hate mm-hmm. the way they act. You hate the way they talk. That just ruins the game for me. Um, yep. I agree. No. Uh, this game, you do, you get to have a companion. Your, your wife follows you for a couple missions, but for the most part, you're by yourself. So, okay. Well, yeah. a game what I've been you, playing Kevin? What is, is uh, what other games Division have you two. been playing? So we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll edit that out right there. But I keep talking. Yes, so please. the game I've been playing right now is Division Two. So, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. When I built my new computer this year, back in February, um, I, I the processor I bought was an AMD uh, Ryzen twenty seven hundred X. And it came with a Division Two key, so yeah, fuck it. I was like, screw it, like might as well play it, right? Because I had never played the the first Division. So and uh, I load up on that, and it is it's fun. It is a lot of fun. Like the you play in downtown DC, place where I'm moving to here in a couple of weeks, and uh, it's it's it, so it, odd, it, huh? It, it is odd, yeah. So I'm like walking around, like oh look, I I I, I got cover over here. I don't know, like I don't fucking we'll see, but. We it's, all get what you mean, Scamp. It's, yeah, I've it's played a, it's, the Division 2 as well. Really good game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I haven't done the raid yet. Um, I heard that it was hard, uh, but the, the rewards aren't that great. Uh, the only thing that I've really grinded for I, I grinded for this game was the uh, the Nemesis uh, sniper rifle. So with that sniper rifle, you can you hold down the trigger button, and when you release it, it, uh, like it, like it does more damage like, the longer you hold it. So right. I can pre- you can pretty much like one shot uh, named enemies in that game as, as long as you get a headshot. And I think uh, the most I've got for the headshot so far is like one point nine mil. Wow, that's yeah, dude. Yeah. We were we were in the shooting range and he was like, "Cody, Cody, come here." So I'm like, "All right." <laughs> so we we go into the shooting range. He goes, "Check check this out, dude." And he he shoots this fucking named boss or whatnot and just poofed, man. I mean, it was like. It was just nothing. It I, disappeared, I, I, yeah. I was like, what the fuck did you shoot him with? He's like, that's that sniper I got, man. Yeah, and uh, we've been power leveling uh, Jason to get him up to like, level 30 so we can start doing the world tier stuff and all, and all the invaded missions. Yeah. A, it is a, it's a fun game. It, it runs pretty well. Uh, there's a couple of bugs, uh, I, I, like graphics bugs or whatever. But you got turned down, like like I had to turn down the volumetric fog or whatever because I was killing my graphics card for some reason. Oh my god! But, um, Same, dude. Yeah, but other, other than that, it's a it's a fun game. It's it's a good multiplayer game. Like you can match make for everything, but unfortunately, except you can't, the raid. Yeah, except the raid. Yeah, but um, which is stupid. Uh, I don't even know which if the raid's dumb. Working. Yeah. So, I'd like to put my two cents in on that. Hmm. And I'm sure Ed has a few cents he would like to throw in. I always do. 
Um, the Division Two, I do like it. It's a fun game. Definitely made a lot of improvements from uh, Division One. Agree. But it also did a lot of things wrong, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, yep. The Dark Zone's a prime example. I agree. So here. Here's the thing with the Dark Zone, and I know a lot of uh, listeners out there have played the Division 2, so you're probably aware, uh, well aware of this. Um, you cannot have a small Dark Zone and cram pack it with the amount of ads that are in each uh, DZ, right? Mm-hmm. It is almost impossible to go from block to block, street to street, without fighting for your life every second. Now, I'm not saying that's not yeah. bad. No, I, I like that. I like that intensive firefight type of stuff you know you're getting kind of surrounded enemies are flanking you smarter ai that's all good but what is super super annoying is you finish one fight in one block and you go down half a block or even a full block and boom you're hit again boom you're hit again if you want to go rogue yeah yeah, if you if you want to go rogue it makes it even harder to go rogue which is fine i I'm, i'm just me personally i'm not a fan of the new dark zone I, I truly am not. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like I, I have a decent time doing it, but like like I said, like and like yeah, like you said, so like you go like one block, and then you go next one, and then while you're fighting that new set of enemies, like you just get steamrolled in the back by <laughs> someone run, running out the shotgun, right. and it takes the fun out of it, you know, because like I didn't see the guy coming, you know, it's like well, you don't and see you, him coming, feel, and you feel restricted. Yeah, right. It's a tiny, tiny map. Yeah, exactly. In the division one. What I enjoyed the most about it, uh, the Dark Zone was it was a very big space. Mm-hmm. You know, you had uh, at at a release you had like six levels, right? Which was like six, like several blocks. I mean, it was it was twenty five percent of the map. It went from DZ one to DZ six. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was like twenty five percent on the map. So, and the higher levels you went up in the DZ, the more difficult it was. So you could be in uh, DZ 1, 2, and 3 and, you know, kill ads, right? But you also will encounter players and you could go, you could go rogue, that could go rogue. And then you had this entire map, this entire playground where you could, that you could go to, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, obviously some people around. say, well, uh, it makes it harder because people are more spread out and stuff like that. But that's also part of the fear of the Dark Zone that you don't yeah, know no where, where somebody's... At. Yeah, you don't know where they're gonna be at, you know. Exactly. In in I, the division two, it's just so small that you know where they're most likely gonna be at because it, mm-hmm. you know the central locations and all the places right. that where people somebody could be hiding and where they could be at. You know that I feel that it's so claustrophobic and it just the ads, like you said, there's just so many that they don't let they don't let you breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, here's the thing too, if you're playing a PvP type of game that mixes PvP with PvE and you are fearing the ads more than you're fearing other players, that's a problem, all right? Yep. That's a big, big problem. And especially for a game like Division 2 with the Dark Zone that breathes so, or, you know, it gives the game so much life and so much opportunity. I feel like they completely, they completely shattered it. It's, uh... What they should have done is they should have taken all three DZs that they've made and just cram-packed it into one big DZ. I feel like they spent more time making three different DZs than what they would have made one big DZ, honestly. Yeah, 
be probably right. But at this point, I don't think they can fix like the having three separate DZs. But they can probably fix the oh, amount no. of ads, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. we'll we'll always have three DZs in Division Two. Maybe we'll get a Division Three in the next couple years. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. But there there's a lot. Um, I now to kind of praise the DZ uh, in Division Two. I do like, to a point, I do like how some DZs, you can't just go rogue on people, mm-hmm. and one DZ, you can. And the reason why I kind of like that is because it allows the newer players um, that aren't really familiar with the game or never really been in a DZ before to go into a safer DZ where they don't really have to fear other players that can just go rogue on them at a snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. But I also disagree with it to a point because... That's the whole point of the DZ, man. So you that's, don't trust yeah, anybody. So the one that we did together, like that was the uh, that was the invaded dark zone. So then that one, like you don't like it, when you shoot at a guy, like like that's considered going rogue. Like there's no like holding down the T button to go rogue. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I like. Because mm-hmm. that's and, and basically that's, that's the division fine one too. when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's what. I mean, if you think about the division one beta, and I know we're kind of talking about two different games, same franchise, but the division one beta. And when they introduced the Dark Zone, it was gold. It was like introducing Fortnite for the first time. Hmm. It got so much hype, so much praise, so much love. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. How cool is it to go into you know, a world um, and go into a certain part of the map where you can kill ads and you can potentially kill other enemies, like uh, other players? It, it was just it was a thrill. It was a rush. Uh, I don't know about you, Ed, but every time we went rogue uh, in Division One, I, I my my adrenaline or uh, <laughs> adrenaline, fuck, I can't speak, man. Uh, <laughs> it started pumping. Yeah, yeah it oh, started yeah. pumping in my sure. heart, dude. It was like I'd start like kind of shaking in a way because it was so exciting. It's because you're thinking about it, like, oh man, I I might die. You know, my my yeah. loot. I might lose my shit. My die. Um, it's also really really exciting. At least for me, it's really big thrill. When you get a, a really good high end, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man, you know, guys, we gotta go and extract right now. We have to go. And then you're you're sitting at that extraction, and that is the longest fucking minute and a half that you will ever wait. I swear to God, dude. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there, you're waiting. You already know people. They're looking at the map. They see an extraction's going on, and then sure enough, you got people showing up. They're they're gonna they're gonna kill you for your loot. They just come that, out of the woodworks yeah. and shoot your ass dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it was a thrill, man. Absolute thrill. And what else have you been playing, Cody? Um, well, I've been saving this one for last because I'm really disappointed. Um, Imperator Realm on the PC, made by Paradox. Um, very very disappointing game. Why is that? So, well, here's the thing. I'm a huge Hearts of Iron four fan. Uh, I play a lot, a lot of Hearts of Iron 4. Um, Ed's played Imperator Realm. Um, so I did for a bit. So here, here's the thing. There's so much wrong with the game when it first came out. Uh, I think they called it the, the stutter bug or the jitter bug or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could yeah. not play... Oh, excuse me. You could not play nor have the game running in the background... Um, like let's okay, let me just back up a little bit. So if you're playing the game uh, of Imperator Rome, and let's say I'm playing as Rome, right? Um, and I'm letting the the game time uh, 
run, you know, I'm going through days and I'm going through weeks, I'm going through months and years. If I needed to move my camera, I'd have to pause the game, move my camera to where I wanted to go, resume the game. Really? And yeah, it, uh, it it was very disappointing. If not, you would just get a horrible, horrible, like frame drop or, or lag spike, or it was just horrible. It, It made you motion sickness. It was just it was just bad, man. Just extremely bad. So right there, that that turned me off the game pretty quick. Another problem that I had was the building. Um, I don't really know how to explain this without kind of going into a big debate here or whatever. But mm. just wave cannot... tops. Right. Well, here's the thing. I'm playing as Rome. And let's say I want to go over to Carthage, right? I got to sail across the sea. Um, if I land in a province, let's say with like 20K troops on me, right? They're going to start suffering attrition. That's fine. Okay. You can split your army down to like a thousand men increments. So you can split that 20 times to a thousand men each and kind of disperse it throughout the land and do what's called a carpet siege. But here's the problem with that. They can come up with like a seven K stack or a ten K stack or even a fifteen K stack, and just slowly but surely whittle each one of your thousand K stacks down to nothing, right? Um, so you're kind of forced to either do that or to deal with the attrition. Okay, so you deal with the attrition, you're gonna lose a lot of manpower. Now, if you're playing a small country such as like I played Sparta, that was my first country, you don't have access to a lot of manpower. Um, and, what, and obviously manpower is what you use to recruit more units. So let's say I have like 300,000 manpower in my pool. I go to war and I'm down to like 50,000 manpower. It is going to take me years in that game to recover and recoup my manpower losses in order to go either back to war with the same people because I couldn't conquer them mm-hmm. or to go to war with somebody else or... If I'm being attacked and I don't have the manpower, they're just going to steamroll you, you know? So, I mean, it's a cool mechanic. Hearts of Iron 4 does it really well, in my opinion. But uh, Imperator Realm does not do it. It's just not a good system. One, two, three. So, I personally didn't really like the game as much. Um, Ed, you've played it a little bit. What, What were your thoughts on it? My thoughts were well, I definitely did not enjoy the stutter. It made the game very unplayable. Just brutal. It was brutal. And for a game to come out in 2019 and you're that bad, yeah, it's unacceptable. Um, and not to mention a big developer such as Paradox that have made Stellaris, um, EU4, Hearts of Iron. For them to release a game in that state is unacceptable. I agree. But go ahead. Yeah, you would think that they would have caught that in development, like, you know, moving the camera, like, you know, freezes the game and, like, causes stutter. You'd think they would have caught that. You would think, but I guess they... QA wasn't available. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) I guess not, right? So I played about an hour and a half because I really, besides the stutter, I kind of didn't like the the. The game itself, it, it offered very little options in terms of diplomatic uh, options. Um, you know, you could have... One, one of the things that I love about Total War games is that you can offer trade, right? With mm, your neighboring right. towns and stuff like that. In here, well, you can't really 
can you have to first bottle them up and stuff like that and you have to do so many things just to give in to even get trade relations and stuff like that so it's very very slow and it's very slow yeah and very, then, uh, and and also like it some of the decisions didn't even matter like uh you like in terms of who you will bring up like oh uh, we need a new you know um let's say a new leader, a new leader or... yeah something like that you could just bring somebody and didn't really matter and also you didn't have a lot of say on how you wanted your country to run like i couldn't say you know i right. want i want you know to emphasize education i'm gonna build a school here you know on this on this particular town you couldn't mm. do that or a new uh uh for example um uh, i don't know like barracks or or, or oh, shit like, like that camp. yeah like you couldn't you couldn't yeah. really do anything like that so you have very little choices in, in that aspect and the I game really that. forces you and pushes you towards military actions which is fine i mean that's what the game is designed to do you mm-hmm. know it's that's what it was built for but here's the thing too that ed really struggled with is he played a really small nation right which is fine um you know i played as really small nation sparta at that time and uh you have a thing that's called diplomatic range And the amount of cities that your country holds will determine how far your diplomatic range can go and you can reach out to other major powers, minor powers, and trade with them or call them into an alliance or to join their faction or something like that. Um, And it's it's really, really tough because uh, when when you play a small country, what they'll do is other small countries around, they'll start banding together. They'll start creating like a defensive front. Um... And if you're not in a defensive front and, you know, another small country that has like four or five different countries with them, they're just going to walk all over you. You I mean, they they don't care, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. It was Um, it was brutal playing. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) lie. I think I have uh, I think I have a little over 20 hours into it and I haven't played it. I haven't played it since uh, a few days after it came out. Yeah, I don't blame you. Okay. Yeah. What about uh, what about me, you? What else are you playing? Yeah, for me, last game that I, that I would say was noteworthy was Far Cry New Dawn, and I enjoyed it. I I did play uh, Far Cry Five. I put like sixteen hours into it, and then I got bored of it. Uh, right. But this one is def it's uh it's similar to um, the Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy, which is like a uh-huh. it was supposed to be a DLC. And then they created a, they made a full, a, a full game basically. Well, same thing with this one. Ubisoft released this. It's about eight hours long, give or take. Um, you you go into Hope County, about seventeen years after the events of Far Cry Five, and the new bad guys are the Highwaymen, which are basically controlled by these two twins, badasses. Mm-hmm. Typical, okay. yeah, it's a typical villain though. And they they show up at the beginning of the game, and then you don't see them until the very end. So, but the game looks just like Far Cry Five. It's an RPG, so it you get to level up, you get to level up your you know your weapons, you get to pretty much put in crap like a scope and uh, a grip. You get to, you get to have all that. You get skill points. Uh, I mainly did the story. Um, I did a few side missions, and I love doing side missions, but in games, um, Exhibit A, The Witcher 3, I did like 
fucking all the side missions before hmm. I even did this story. I only I only did the story when I had to, right? So I love doing side missions. But for this game, I felt like side missions were not needed. It didn't add anything to the story. It it just just the same shit over and over again. Uh, the story was okay, considering that it was only a forty dollar game, and I played it on my PS4 Pro, um, and it still looked pretty good. Um, uh, I will recommend it if it will go on sale. If you play Far Cry 5 and you want to know what happens, then yeah, go ahead and play it. Um, I, other than that, yeah, it, it was it was okay. I mean, when you fight the villain at the end, it's somewhat satisfying because you get you fighting both, and the whole right. shit it's on fire. Like where, not the it, it's the. Uh, Haven, like their cult headquarters, basically that they kind of attack, and they're like a bunch of explosions, and there's fire, and it's so chaotic, and you fight both of them at the same time. Um, so the last mission is is pretty cool, but besides that, the missions are pretty much straightforward. You go in, you kill all the bad guys, you kill the boss there, which is a named character, basically one of like the leaders of the highwayman and uh-huh. then you get to run back to your base and and here's the funny thing though why you're doing that right so let's say you clear the base of one of the highwaymen right it still doesn't actually affect the world outside you will still find them yeah it does not you still find highwaymen outside ramaging around the area you see the cars and they'll shoot at you uh when they see you and everything so it doesn't really you don't see what you have done in the world like in some other games and i kind of didn't like i didn't like that because if i get to control an area basically if i got rid of the bad guys i would not i would like not i would like the game like recognize that and know that hey he now the good guys control this area there shouldn't be any more of the bad guys there right so right the division did a good job on that, and I thought Far Cry New Dawn would would do something similar to that, but I guess they didn't. Even though it's coming from the same company. Right. Okay, Skimp, have you uh, have you played any of the Far Cries? Uh, last one I played was Far Cry Three, like forever ago, and, right. and Far Cry Two. Um, like those are the last ones I played. Okay, Far Cry Four is pretty good. Far Cry uh, Primal, I enjoyed that one a lot. Mm-hmm. But Far Cry New Dawn is just basically your run-of-the-mill shooter. shooter. Yeah, with right. with uh, with RPG elements. Okay. Well, see, here's the thing, too, is, like, uh, Far Cry kind of seems like they're pulling a, uh, Activision um, and Sledgehammer type of stuff. Uh, by releasing a game, like, every year or every year and a half, it feels like. Um, just, just not too well, far. Well, they got to make that money, man. They do. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, for what it is, it's fine. But I would say, wait for it to go. Like it goes on sale pretty regularly on um, on the Ubisoft store for you guys that are on PC um, for like twenty bucks, and even on Steam, I think it's on Steam. Yeah, what it goes for twenty bucks. So for twenty dollars, I will get it because it, it's still it's an average game. 
it's not gonna blow your mind or anything. It's just your average run of the bill shooter with some RPG elements. And if you like that, if you just wanna have some fun, some chaos, blow up some people, hmm. blow up some buildings, and laugh at the crazy characters that you play Far Cry New Dawn and you get it for twenty bucks. Right on. Right on. Well, I so think, uh... before we end this, I'm gonna ask you guys a quick question. So far, because it's almost half the year, which game do you think for the first half will win Game of the Year that we have played? The ones that we have played, which one do you think will win Game of the Year? Hmm. Let me think here. I'm thinking Sekiro because that Sekiro? is a very well reviewed game. Even though I personally don't like those Dark Souls styles game, um, I think that it's a good game. And it's I, it was popular enough and still popular that it might win. Okay. And I you, think, Cody? I think it's got a very... Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with Calvin here. I think it has a very good chance of uh, winning Game of the Year. Uh, uh-huh. Just just a good game and a well-driven well driven game. Great mechanics, great story. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? For me, I will also have to go with Sekiro, Shadow's Eye twice. A, it is an amazing game for for what it is because obviously I wouldn't say it's a niche title, but it's not your typical Call of Duty. It's not going to be your battlefields and mm-hmm. your, you know, it's not going to be that big of a game. But it still sold a lot of copies. Uh, the gameplay is phenomenal. There's a story there that you would like. And... I think so far, Sekiro will win Game of the Year. Now, obviously, when fall comes and those games come out, obviously, we're going to have to look back and see. But so far, Sekiro does an outstanding job. Nice. I agree. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Game Talk. Please join us next time when we talk about the latest gaming news, what we're playing, and much more. See you then.